Hello there and welcome to the podcast Biblical Question. In this podcast we're going to talk about the prophets Jonah. We'll talk about Jonah. Over the years of 20 plus years of preaching I think I've learned a lot. I'd like to think that I have but I also know there's a lot more to learn. Sermons need to have a scriptural base to them. So many sermons today I I hear, I just think, so what? Did he even read a single verse? Or they might preach for an hour and just as an afterthought at the very end, I quote a verse that they memorized or something. But the, the lesson needs to have a scripture foundation. Illustration is really good. I think Jesus used illustrations when he would say, uh, I am the light of the world, and he's at the Feast of Lights. So people learn differently. Some of us learn by illustration, some of us learn by doing, and, and some by listening or a combination thereof. If a sermon on Sunday morning when you go into church is if it's going to hit home for us, it must have points that make sense to us. And this has become a real challenge now that we're doing a, a podcast with international listeners. And so I'm trying to learn some ideas and how to make the podcast more relevant to everyone's life who listens. I've learned that uh, humor is a good thing in sermons in most places. They like a joke, but others do not like it, and I know this. Some people don't care if you cry in a sermon. To some people, laughing is just totally not acceptable. And I've kind of learned over the years that the shorter the sermon is, the more it really pleases the crowd, because that means they can beat out some other group to the local restaurant. I know in the American culture, uh, if the old uh, wooden pew is hard and there's no cushions, the person can only absorb as much as the backside can endure. But being overseas, I learned that people... They came from a long way away, and they would walk for hours to get to worship service. And if all you gave was a 15 or 20 minute sermon, they would have been highly disappointed. You probably wouldn't have anybody uh, back for the next week. If the Ninevites, excuse me, if the Ninevites were like most people today, they should have really loved a Jonah sermon. It has to be the shortest sermon recorded for 27 centuries. And its message was only eight English words, depending on your translation of the Bible. But that's all he preached. Jonah preached in Aramaic language. And there he only used five words. I know a lot of people sure would love it during football season in America, boy, if the preacher only said eight words in his sermon and everybody could go home. Or they could go to their potluck dinner or whatever it else they have on their mind. is everywhere else but where it should be. But before we really look into this mini-sermon and the response of Nineveh, let us look up to this point in Jonah's life here. Jonah was a popular preacher. And he was sent east to preach God's message to the Ninevites. The city of Nineveh at that time was part of the Assyrian Empire. 
And due to Jonah's hatred for these people, Jonah would buy a ticket on a ship sailing for Tarshish, which is headed to the westernmost point of your Bible map. He simply headed the opposite direction. He really doesn't want to go to Nineveh, and he's trying to run as fast as he can from the presence of God. He really did not want this preaching assignment. He went down in the ship, and he goes to sleep, and God would bring a storm, and they would they were about to sink, and they told Jonah to pray to his God for safety. And Jonah would eventually tell the crew all this was really his fault, and they would cast lots, and the lot, you know, they would say, "Yep, he's you're the blame." He said the the way to solve it, Jonah would say, "Just throw me over the side, and you will be fine." And Jonah knew that God had brought this storm for him. They did not want to be the first, the one to die. So they would throw Jonah over. Well, Jonah would sink to the bottom. And when he's about to drown, he begins to, to pray to God for forgiveness. He knows that he had done wrong. And God heard his prayer and, and sent a big fish to, to swallow him and, and to saving him from drowning. I know a lot of people think it's a whale. I don't know if it was or was not. It just says a big fish in, in the Bible, and that's what we're going to stick with. And after three days, the fish would spit, spit him out onto the shores of Joppa. What's interesting to me is this is the same place that he got on the ship. So Jonah is right back to where he started. So we're going to pick up in Jonah chapter 3 and see about these five-word sermon that he would present if you have your Bibles want to follow along, it would be great. I'm reading from a different version. I was working with some deaf folks, and that's what I have in front of me is the English version for the deaf. So uh, bear with me here. And verse 1 says, Then the Lord spoke to Jonah again and said, Go to that big city, Nineveh, and say what I tell you. So Jonah obeyed the Lord and went to Nineveh. It was a very large city. A person had to walk for three days to travel through it. Jonah went to the center of the city and began speaking to the people. He said, After forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. The people of Nineveh believed God. They decided to stop eating for a time to think about their sins. They put on special clothes and to show that they were sorry. All the people in the city did this, from the most important to the the least important. When the king of Nineveh heard about this, he, he left his throne and removed his robe and put on special clothes to show that he was sorry and he sat in ashes. Your version in special clothes might say sackcloth. The king wrote a special message and sent it throughout the city, a command from the king and his great rulers. For a short time, no person or animal should eat anything. No herd or flock would be allowed in the fields. Nothing in Nineveh will eat. No one living in Nineveh will eat or drink. But every person and every animal must be covered with this special cloth to show that they are sad. People must cry loudly to God and everyone must change their lives and stop doing bad things. Who knows? Maybe God will stop being angry and change his mind. And he will not be punished. God saw that 
what the people did, and he saw that they stopped doing evil. So God changed his mind and did not do what he had planned. He did not punish the people. So all this hardship could have been avoided. Jonah found himself right back in the place that he started when he got on the ship in Tarsus. He was right back in Joppa. I bet he was really kicking himself now that he's back in Joppa with, with egg all over his face, so to speak, and real embarrassed uh, might be a better way of putting it. Uh, what a lesson. How many times have we said to ourselves, only if I had done it right the first time. Now he, he had a 30-mile trip to Nineveh and kicking himself with every step, I'm sure. Jonah did find out something about God. We all need to know, and that is that God does give second chances, and I am one most thankful for that. Most of the time, uh, people, your friends and family, won't even do that, but God will. We've all made mistakes, we've all fallen short, we've all sinned in our lives, and somewhere along another, we've all wanted another chance from others, from the mistakes that we've made. But God, He, he gives second chances, and thirds, and fourths, and on down the road. Jonah learned also, when we repent, we can start all over again. That repent, having a changing of heart. To turn away from sin and toward, turns toward God. Paul would write this to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. When anyone is in Christ, is a whole new world. The old things are gotten, and suddenly everything is new. As all the preachers, we must learn from our own sermons. What did Jonah learn from his sermon? Well, the first one would be Jonah learned that God uses our pain in a powerful way. He can use all of our pain in a powerful way. When you, when you have been there before, and those who are listening know that, in fact, that your message is more powerful because they understood the hard times and the painful experiences. They've been there. This pain teaches us that God is also trustworthy after after Jonah endured the storm and being in the fish, fish's belly, it all worked to God's glory and salvation. If you stop and, and you think about it, what would a man look like after he'd been in a fish belly for almost three days? Well, for three days. I, I don't know about uh, some of you, but I... I know after a day of working out in the in the hot sun, uh, we're all ready for showers. Jonah, the second point is Jonah learned from his sermon. The results of the message depend on God's power and not his own. That is probably one of the hardest lessons for us to really learn. What happens to the people when they hear the message it's between God and them, and it's not between the preacher or the one teaching. They are to be converted to God and not the preacher. When Jonah would crest the final hill and he saw Nineveh in the distance, he must have been overwhelmed because the, the text uh, 
says that Nineveh was an extremely great city. I couldn't imagine walking three days through a city. That's that's a really large city. Of course, in America, nobody walks anymore. They just drive even across the street. But three days, I can only imagine how impressive this must have been to a country preacher from the hills of Palestine. The Bible says Nineveh was so big, again, that it took three days. History says that Nineveh at this time would include five surrounding cities covering 60 miles in circumference. It had great aqueducts and canals and huge gardens and a library. When the archaeologists uh, examined the ruins centuries later, they found around 16,000 volumes in that library and contained information about the creation and the flood. The main city was had a huge wall around it, about 10 stories high and wide enough for three chariots to sit side by side. It had 1,500 towers and about 20 stories high that served as watchtowers. They were used to, to look out for the approaching enemy. They were also used for, to store house for weapons. Historians say that the population was between 600,000 and to a million people. In chapter 4, it says that 120,000 did not know their right hand from their left hand. Nineveh was a very significant city in the world at this time, and Jonah found out he was worrying for no reason because God was in control here and not him. When we preach and teach God's word, then it is to put it on God, his power. He's been doing this a lot longer than I've ever done it, and we need to let the Holy Spirit do his job. Our job is just to teach the message and hope and pray that uh, the person will listen and turn to God and let God work in that man's life or that woman's life. Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, And my word will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That's certainly the hope of this podcast. This is exactly what happened in Nineveh. The text says that people listened to Jonah's sermon. They believed God. In this little phrase, believed God, the Hebrew text makes it really clear that Nineveh personally trusted God. And their response was in faith. The truth of the text was clearly seen in Jonah's experience because God used five powerful worded sermons to stir the people of Nineveh. From the king on the throne to the lowest person in the field. They were given 40 days. But they did not need that long to repent. The entire city responded very quickly, if I'm understanding the text correctly. This might have been the greatest revival in the history of the world. In Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, there's 3,000 people that would be uh, hear the word and the message and be moved into the baptistry in Acts chapter 2. Here we would find 120,000 people respond to God's message. All because of a preacher named Jonah. And God spoke through him. And as we study God's word, do we let the message speak to us? Do we let it sink in? 
And Jonah's sermon, the third point, also helped him understand that there was an urgency in the message. You see, these people being Gentiles really needed the sermon. This empire, which is often called one of the greatest empires in the history of the world, might have been looked at mightily and powerful and self-sufficient, but which there's a lot recorded about this culture. It says they've been going through some really tough times. They had recently had two plagues that, that killed thousands of people. Plus Babylon was rising in power and also their other neighbor boarding them was wanting to make war. The Assyrians at this time were being threatened on all four sides. These people probably looking for a little help from, from just above the right person to come along and give that word and teach repentance. I would imagine when when they heard Jonah preach that their ears were perked with up with hope and they stopped whatever they were doing and listened intently. But God knew about their situation and their hearts. And He knows our situation and He knows our hearts as well. Then God would give them a, a time frame or time period and he, he tells them they had 40 days to repent. If you think about the Old Testament, this period of 40-something has been used for several times. Israel would wander through the wilderness for 40 years. The flood of Noah's day was brought on by 40 days of rain. In the New Testament, Jesus would wander in the wilderness for 40 days during his temptation time here on earth. And a lot of people think it's the only time he was tempted, but I think there's other times as well. Jesus remained on the earth for 40 days after his resurrection. Then there seems to be something significant about this number 40. I really believe they understood the meaning of 40 days, especially when God said it. You see, the king listened and he understood Jonah's sermon. In chapter 3, verses 6 through 9, he would urge the people uh, to repent of their sins. And Jonah watched these people listen and respond, even, even though he considered them depraved. They still... They still needed God. Because everyone who created is need, has needs, and we need God. Jew and Gentile alike needs God. Whether they lived under the law of Moses or under the law that God gave them, under the new covenant, everybody needs God. We should always remember, regardless of outside appearances, all people need the Lord. All people desperately need to know God through Christ. A life insurance salesman was talking to a customer about a policy. He said, I believe this is very important, but I do not want to pressure you, so go home and think about it tonight. And if you wake up in the morning, call me. We have to consider that in our day and time, and especially I know in the United States alone, a person dies every 15 seconds. The fourth point, last point here. Jonah saw that true repentance looked like. He, he saw what it looked like as he heard the king's instructions to the people. They showed humility. 
They, the king ordered all of them to wear uh, sackcloth and ashes. Everyone was told to cut themselves out of, from their problems. They, they fasted and prayed, and they were told to cry urgently to God. The king spoke of the fruit of repentance. They were in turn from their evil ways and their violence. And they had done that. They well earned reputation of, the, of their wickedness was known worldwide at that time. And now they're trying to repent and rely on God not to be wicked and not to do evil, to stop sinning. You know, we make Jonah a lot of times in our BBSs around, being around, make it out to be a child's book, a child's story. But this is a very much of an adult theme for all Christians to know, read, and understand. That God's message can touch the heart of lives, including yours and mine, to stop sinning and repent and turn to Christ. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. You want to find out more information about us, you can go to biblicalquestion.com. There you can also listen to our podcast and find links about us. And if you would, please like us on iTunes and, and uh, Google Play and SoundCloud. We would appreciate it. May God have the glory and may God bless you.